0: Standing in line to get some french fried potatoes, Mm mm-hmm, it's the IGN Digi-Guy. Please welcome two folks who don't call a sling blade, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser, Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm. Somebody gave Corey an amazing chance to ham it up with one of his favorite impressions. Corey, who gave you the chance? That was from uh, Alexander Berlika. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Alexander. Corey loves you.
1: <laughs> oh, Wait, that Corey. Why are you
0: paying bills while we're doing the show? Well, because I. I, I know it's not because you want to maximize your efficiency and, and your, you manage your time well.
1: Well, no, what I do is during the show, I I, I, I check J date.
0: Of course you do. When you're
1: spouting off on crap no one cares about. <laughs> but I, I, I got this American Express bill for like $2,200. And I'm looking at the Look, bill. I'm telling you, man, no, I'm it's at the
0: it's bill. The, the call girls that you use in New York are too expensive. They're escort girls. They're too expensive. Uh, the,
1: the 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 biggest charge I see there is was like four seventy five for my iPhone five, and and, and I, I just added up the entire bill. Yes. And it adds up to twelve hundred and thirty dollars approximately. Twelve hundred and thirty dollars. So yes. we're a thousand dollars off in terms of how much they say I owe versus how much I believe I owe.
0: Um. I should call them. Yeah. I guess you should. Call the escort service first i 'm not Make sure gonna... they didn't double charge
1: <laughs> uh, but i 'm not going to call them during the show
0: uh, yeah please no. Oh, call the escort service during the show. that would be great. <laughs>
1: maybe you know, maybe she can come over during the show yeah be fabulous. Whole, Yeah. oh by the way we should talk about our plans for the holiday
0: that's right yes this is our last show of the year we're going to be uh, taking the last two weeks off IGN tends to shut down those last two weeks in fact everybody shuts down those last two weeks and in previous years we have uh, we have labored through them but it's uh, it's time to give everybody a break so uh, enjoy the holidays seriously just uh, just kind of take the last two weeks and loaf and eat and have fun and
1: uh, I, I, I do that anyway I yeah. loaf and I eat yeah
0: so, so we'll but we'll be back the uh, first week of the new year and uh... and by the way
1: we'll still be on Facebook oh yeah and you can always email us yeah yeah and you can VoxBox us so it's not like we're going any way just no we no, are no. taking the, as because the, the industry tends to take the last couple of weeks of the year off big time. And so we will be doing the same because we would like to pretend like we work in the industry.
0: Yes, exactly. No, that's true. The the, the industry really does. It just shuts down, especially now because Oscar voting has begun, effective today, in fact. So you can start voting online if you're an Academy member, and uh, the Oscar nominations now come out on the 10th of January. Can you believe that? I like that. That's like crazy. Well, that's the nominations. Well, why not? Because usually, I mean, most Academy members I know, they don't even start getting around to looking at the movies and watching their screeners and considering nominations until December. Now you're essentially putting them on a, a, uh, a deadline that is just four weeks after the L.A. Film Critic deadline. And you know what it's like for us. It's like, so you're giving Academy members another four weeks? Yes, I mean, That's
1: all they need. No, they don't. I mean, when, when's <sighs> it usually? February? February. It usually February.
0: They moved it back a month. But so there's more time for campaigning for the actual awards as opposed to campaigning for nominations is what they're trying to do. And they're also trying to undercut the Golden Globes because the Golden Globes you know, now suddenly will not have any – they won't be able to say we had an effect on the nominees. Their nominees may have an effect on the Oscar nominees, but their winners won't have an effect on the Oscar nominees because there's an overlap now in the, in the two timetables.
1: Well, I consider it very sad yes. that the Oscars, the granddaddy of them all, yes. has to make any move to counter anything the Golden Globes do. Yeah, it's it is a, very depressing. It's a tragedy.
0: Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so the point
1: being, we're taking the last two weeks off. Last but, two weeks uh, off. email us at, gods at digigods.com. Check the Facebook page. We're yep. not going away. We're just shutting down like the industry does at this time of the year. Just shutting
0: down, giving everybody a break, giving them a breather. We'll be back, back in a couple of weeks. with All kinds of crazy, awesome new stuff. Uh, We've got listener mail today. We've had some really good listener mail. But you know what, Mark? Why don't we start off with all that concert crap that you love to talk about because you are the music and concert man and you know all that junk and you stuff. You know I am.
1: But see how, see how much faster all do this than okay. uh, you usually do your crap. Okay. I don't know what happened to Louie Anderson, but uh, guy still He gained around. weight. He gained weight. That's impossible. Yeah. He can only he the, the guy can only lose weight. He can't gain any more weight. It is not possible. In fact I heard that he once jumped up in the air and got stuck. That's a classic Yo mama <laughs> joke. You wonder what an, <laughs> you, know, That's pretty good. you know the Yo mama joke that I loved hmm. when I first heard it you ready for this?
0: Yeah.
1: Wade Yo mama's so fat she eats wheat thicks
0: That's good, I like that
1: Anyway, Louis Anderson has a new uh, stand-up special on DVD Which shows you how hip Louis Anderson is It's called Big Baby Boomer Um, Louis Anderson is kind of funny um, But I think his time has kind of passed Uh, There's some funny stuff in here because he is funny Um, These guys won a couple of Emmys So, you know, I mean, whatever It's uh, Louis Anderson doing his kind of It's a bit of a greatest hits thing Because that makes it worthwhile for the uh, DVD So uh, a lot of better... um, Stuff you can hear from Louis Probably on YouTube Quite frankly Than just Than either Even renting Big Baby Boomer uh, What else do we have? We have something called I Am Now um, At Madison Square Garden You know Here's the thing Wade
0: Yes You know
1: They have all these Like strange groups I've never heard of And they tend to be Asian And they really tend to be Korean
0: Yeah actually. Like Like uh, Like Psy yeah,
1: Well there's this band Called like SM Town Yeah And SM Town I know Their music is terrible It's great No it's not the music is terrible, and but they did play at Madison Square Garden, and uh, they sold the thing out in 2011. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all these Korean groups are all the same. These K-pop groups, they all have these you know doe-eyed girls and these bo- you know boy bands, oh, and they all yeah. and all the boys are so like young and shaved and just like like they look like little boy robots. They look totally. like they, they look like robots from like AI, like Stanley Kubrick's AI. I know. Anyway, this one is called I Am, period, SM Town Live World Tour in Madison Square Garden. Uh, not my favorite stuff. However, if you do love them, you will like this. It's got four, uh, it's got four discs. Mm-hmm. One is, is a movie, the movie I Am, and then the other is a bunch of DVD extras. Uh, discs three and four have uh, the Madison Square Garden concerts, part one and two. So I don't get it. I'm not into K-pop. I'm not into much Asian music, but people seem to love SM Town, and if you do, don't email us. <laughs> Yeah, we're always talking about the straight cats. Fascinating.
0: No, I'm just looking at this. It's just like I could hang with these people. I don't know that I could communicate with them, but I I I dig
1: it. Why would you want to hang with those people? I don't know. It looks cool. Those people. I like that. I like. I like the (laughs) hair. Why would you want to hang with those
0: people? I like the hair. I like the. You know, I like it when Asian people dye their hair blonde. It's just got like a cool, funky, rebel look to it. It's like when white people dye their hair black. You know, it's kind of the
1: people dye their hair black. You know, like jet black.
0: You know, like uh, like punk rockers and stuff. You're digging
1: yourself into a hole, buddy.
0: (laughs) It's cool, man. See, that's that's how you always know the difference in cultures when you watch World Cup soccer. The Japanese and the Koreans, they're hip. They'll do funky stuff with their hair and dye their hair crazy colors. Chinese, never do it. Too conservative. Good. Good for them. It's a thing.
1: I like China, I like their food, I like their cities. Big and gleaming. Mm-hmm. I like their one-child policy. That's how it should be. <laughs> I have a personal no-child policy in my household. I will have no kids. Okay. Uh, Straight Cats live in Montreal, 1981. Now the Straight Cats—they're uh, great. They're really cool. Brian Setzer has been doing solo stuff for years. He—he he works a lot around L.A. And this is from 1981, so it is totally vintage, and it's got all their big hits: "Straight Cats Strut," and uh, "Rock This Town," and "Runaway Boys," and uh, mm-hmm. "Pretty Pretty Baby." So, if you like the Straight Cats Struts, Straight Cats live at Mantra, 1981, awesome. You know, I Good like stuff. Brian
0: Setzer. He, named, he uh, you know, he named his daughter Alka. You know that, right?
1: I'm sorry. Did you say something? Yes. See, actually, the reason why we're taking the last two weeks of the uh, year off is to so wake and recharge his comedic batteries. Really, he's. Running out of... Uh,
0: you know you're laughing inside at that. I, I'm,
1: I'm laughing at you inside. Thank you. Uh, Greg Allman is one of the great guitarists. He is a great you know, rock guitarist, a great blues guitarist, a great singer and keyboardist. He's kind of never really gotten his due. He is one of the best uh, rockers of his, of his era. And uh, he's got a new DVD called I'm No Angel. By the way, I'm No Angel, probably my favorite solo Greg Allman song. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Okay. Because I'm like that. And uh, you know, Greg Allman, he's had a bunch of crazy marriages. Mm-hmm. He, the guy's are married like five to, like, You realize that he like He was married to Cher mm-hmm. I know In like 1975 he got married to Cher And then they divorced a couple years later Yeah I mean come on Greg yeah. Allman Doing it up Cher, What is with Cher? Hmm? You realize that for years yeah. Cher <laughs> Who back in the day was an attractive woman She was actually sleeping with Sonny Bono Yes Now for those who don't know Sonny Bono He was an entertainer
0: Well he was, a, he was semi-regular on the love boat
1: Yeah, that's true. Yes, and I don't know how. (laughs) And and a
0: representative in Congress.
1: I don't know how tall Sonny Bono was. His wife is still in Congress. That's right. Yeah, Mary Bono. That's right.
0: The name Bono carries on anyway. So Cher
1: was very tall. Uh, I don't know how tall Sonny Bono was, but the answer is probably not very
0: five, four, six. Probably, probably somewhere there. Yeah,
1: five, five. Uh, anyway, so she also married Greg Allman. Anyway, Greg Allman has a, a live uh, DVD called i no Angel. And again, I love the song i no Angel. I love some of the other songs here uh, that he uh, plays, you know, demons and fear of falling and sweet falling and it's my cross to bear and that kind of stuff slip away. Um, this is great. This is great stuff. I think he's so talented, and he kind of really never got his due. Although the Almond Brothers were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I yeah. think in '95. But uh, it's a great concert. It's not. It's not an oral. Uh, it's it's not an oral uh, triumph because it's it's you know it's it's an older concert and it's uh, it's on DVD. Uh, I, so, uh, mess, so you know, forget that.
0: I especially like Greg Almond when he's uh, chocolate covered.
1: Oh, you know what they have? You know, so get this in in the Grove. <laughs> you know, in the Grove, they you're have still this, laughing inside. Go yeah, ahead. In the Grove, they have this new mm-hmm. candy store called Dylan's Candy Bar. Yeah. Now Dylan's Candy Bar. Now there, there was a Dylan's Candy Bar in New York, mm-hmm. which I used to go to. Yes. And they opened up one in the Grove, which is a mall out, which is an outdoor mall in Los Angeles. Sure. And they opened up one there. Yes. You know what they have? No. They have almonds covered in chocolate and sea salt.
0: Oh wow! Mm-hmm. You know what I just had today. Almonds uh, covered in chocolate and sea salt? No. It's Sweet Lady Jane's. <gasps> we love Sweet Lady Jane, don't we? It's a
1: high-end bakery in Los Angeles. Oh, my gosh.
0: It exists in two places. There's one on Melrose in, uh, in uh, Los Angeles, kind of Hollywoodish ish uh, West Hollywood area. And then there's another one on, um, on Montana in uh, Santa open. Monica. Just opened. Not too long ago, about a year and a half ago. And uh, I was at the one on Montana, Santa Monica, and uh, I went and got one of their uh, chocolate brownies with a caramel center and sea salt on the top. Ooh. I can't. I can't even. I can't drive past the place now without stopping and getting one. It's I can't.
1: It, you know what it is? I'm sure you guys have restaurants like this in your. It's neighborhood. like it's
0: like it's like you, you can't drive past you know Sunset and Vine without picking up a hooker. It's yeah. just it's it goes with the intersection now. Eddie Murphy sure can't. Exactly. You know,
1: you know there's certain restaurants in your neighborhood where if someone says, "Oh, I'm picking up a couple of pizzas from Blank" or picking yes. up a couple of blah blahs from Blank, they go, yes. oh, "That's a good party." Yeah. They're doing it upright. right. Yeah. Sweet Lady Jane. If someone says there's a birthday party or a, or a holiday yeah. party, we're getting a cake from Sweet Lady Jane. Yeah, you go to that party.
0: You know what? Every time you go in there, either one of them, you will always see. Especially at the one on Montana, because they do it right in the uh, right in front. This has nothing to do with movies. Uh, their their cake artists are amazing. Like you, if you say to them, it's not like you choose the cake you want. If you say to them, "I want a cake that looks like uh, Godzilla," they'll do it.
1: No, they, well, here's, here's what they they'll do. Make,
0: they'll make a cake that looks like Godzilla. If you, if you, uh, say, I want, a, I want a cake that looks like a yin and yang, except it has like piano keys around the edge. They'll do it.
1: No, the... the it's amazing. The ritual at Sweet Lady Jane's is yes. this. Now, now, I don't know if they do this at the new one in Santa Monica, but the other one, they but they do this all the time, and it's part of the fun of it, is that you walk in, and it's a small store. There's maybe four, four tables, and there's maybe, each day, there's maybe, you know, 40 cakes yes. in there. And... Well, you walk in and you say to them, what do you got today? And they are then beholden to name for you from scratch. Yeah. No, not from scratch, from memory. Yeah. Each one of those 40 cakes. That's pretty impressive. And you make them say because it, it's part of the fun of going, what do you got today? And they name nice. every single GD cake that they got. Anyway, That's pretty great. By the way, because uh, you're talking about
0: Santa Monica. I know. So it has nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with anything. Okay,
1: if, uh, folks, if you see the movie This is 40, mm-hmm. which I saw. Which I saw. Uh, there basically this is most of this is forty takes place about three hundred feet from where I used to live. Yes, in Santa Monica. It's true. It's true. Do you remember the scene early on in the movie when Jason Siegel is uh, yes working it, doing it, the workout with on the, the on exercise the ball? Yes, you know with the uh, Leslie Mann. Yeah, I lived about three hundred feet from that spot.
0: You do you do realize that that particular spot on on uh, Palisades Street, Park? Yeah. Is, is not only the place where they shoot millions of commercials near where you used to live. It is also the place uh, where Matt Reeves, good friend Matt Reeves, who's now doing the new Planet of the Apes movie, um, where Matt Reeves shot one of his student films in USC, ironically, the one that I didn't act in. And it's also where, thank you very much, I shot a substantial piece of my student film when I was in school. Uh, thank you. To your student My, my student film, The Key. You've seen the key. You remember the key. Don't you remember the key? Forget it. Okay.
1: All right. So, anyways, so the, the the moral of the story is uh, go to Sweet Lady Jane and also uh, watch This Is 40. Yeah. And, in fact, all the bike riding scenes in This Is 40 yeah. take place on San Vicente Boulevard. They do. Which is the street where I lived. Yep. I lived on San Vicente Boulevard. Right. Anyway. um are <laughs> we going to talk about DVDs now? Yeah. Frampton Comes Alive, FCA35. Uh, this is uh, an evening with Peter Frampton. Of course, Peter Frampton is the most uh, widely known for the album, Frampton Comes Alive. It's kind of the only album he's really known for. <laughs> uh, although he was in Humble Pie, which is a really cool band from the 70s. But anyway, in 2011 and 2012, he uh, did tour uh, the country and the world in celebration of the 35th anniversary of Frampton Comes Alive. So... Uh, this is good stuff. He still rocks. He's still great. He's, he looks great. He's Obviously, he's much older, but he still looks totally cool. And uh, one of these was at the Beacon Theater in New York, which is a great theater in uh, the Upper
0: West Side. Eco-packaging. Huh? That's always fun, the eco-packaging. It is, yes, it is. You know, it's, it's like disposable.
1: Wait, you're disposable. I am. <laughs> the Yardbirds on tour, 2010 and 2012. The Yardbirds, if you don't know who they was, they was a band really more famous in the 60s although they did get back together in the early 90s for some reason um, their big songs were For Your Love and Over Under Sideways Down and uh, was the other one Heart Full of Soul and the Yardbirds had a lot of great uh, players Jeff Beck was an original Yardbird was he really Jimmy Page no kidding Jimmy Page You know, when the Yardbirds broke up in the late 60s Jimmy Page left to found Led Zeppelin so your birds are like they are the S. Wow. Yardbirds are super duper cool, and uh, this DVD, uh, Yardbirds Making Tracks, this is on tour from 2010 to 2012. All their big hits, Drinking Muddy Water and heartful of Soul, like we just talked about. I'm a Man and uh, For Your Love and Days and Confused, and which is cool to have Jimmy Page yeah. come and sing Days and Confused, the Led Zeppelin song. Totally awesome. So this is good stuff if you love your old time rock and roll. Speaking of old time rock and roll, we got two more in the music category. We got uh, Rolling Stones. Un- Did we not talk about this Did last we? week?
0: Uh, it was You know what No we didn't We didn't get we to it met. Last week
1: uh, Rolling Stones Under review 1975 to 1983 The Ronnie Wood years Now as you know Ronnie Wood was Sort of the last He was kind of The first regular member To mm-hmm. quit the band Yeah I think I mean yeah. obviously You know Brian Jones died And whatnot, but, But um, Yeah this is great stuff Because really what, The late 70s Early 80s Was to me Some of the Just the best Best Be- uh, Beatles The best best Stone stuff I mean we're talking Some girls And Black and Blue And Exile on Main Street and I just love it
0: I actually, no one. Actually,
1: in Ron- was earlier in the '70s. What? I,
0: I know one of Ronnie Wood's in-laws. Uh-huh. Kind of an extended in-law by marriage. That's great. They've stayed at his place. That's great. I've heard it's it- sc- the description. It's pretty, pretty ripping. That's
1: great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, this documentary. It's all about. It's a documentary. It's all about their career between '75 and '83, and there's all sorts of great archive footage. And is it definitive? No, but still, it's really cool stuff. Rolling Stones under review. Finally, we have Hugh Jackman in Oklahoma now.
0: Well, he's a big deal right now, you know. He's in that uh, that Les Miserables thing.
1: Now, I thought he was great in Les Mis. I mean, basically, in Les Mis, he has to take this movie that makes, like, a D.W. Griffith film look like a Gus Van Zandt film. That's yeah. how gigantic Les Mis is. Yeah. And this guy has got to carry it carried on his shoulders. Because yeah, it, Anne did, Hathaway did you, isn't in the whole thing.
0: Did you read uh, Alonzo's review? No, what did you, you need to read Alonzo's review. <laughs> I, it, it, I, I dreamed a nightmare. It's hysterical. <laughs> it's really funny. You
1: know what's funny is that... that <laughs> What's funny about Liam is that is that I can't remember if we talked about this last time. Everybody has the same opinion about the movie. Yes. But they're either okay with it or they're not okay with it. Everybody thinks that this thing is just a gigantic behemoth of an unstoppable stop it already. But
0: yes. Purpose, correct.
1: It, it, you know, just bombastic, unbelievable. Every song is like eleven. Yes. Sort of a movie. True. But some people are okay with that.
0: Some cry during it.
1: Some cry during it.
0: And others cry because of it.
1: I talked to Bob Strauss. Now Bob Strauss is a very cynical, crusty. <laughs>
0: yes.
1: Bob Strauss is a cynical, crusty, terrific writer, really yes, funny guy for the L.A. Uh, Daily News. And I said to Bob, I said, "So, um, you see, Miz? He goes, yeah. So what'd you think, knowing that he's so cynical and crusty? Yeah. He's like, "Yeah, well, look, I cried like a bitch." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, did he really? Because he oh, I cried like a bitch. <laughs> So, and, and what's funny is that is that what, I, what is that I I, I really it, it did not hit me right when I first saw it, but then I watched it on screener, yeah. and it's better. It's better on
0: screener. I'm going to try watching it again on screener, despite all of my reservations. I there are things about it that I want to take a look at a second time, just for you know an evaluative kind of. It's scratch yes
1: anyway so Roger uh, Hugh Jackman in uh, Oklahoma uh, I think he's great Hugh Jackman is great he's, he's great done, he's done this a lot on stage he's so he's great lot. he nails it he nails it he always nails it he won well, he a Tony for um, uh, the boy from Oz yeah so uh, the guy's got his Broadway chops his musical theater chops for sure like, Oh wait a second wait you know who this might be J-Date could be hang okay. on I'm gonna oh, answer man. this and go. then if it really is a J-Date I'll, I'll, I'll step aside hello Yes, it is. Oh, hey, Kristen, how are you?
0: Feel like this was part of some kind of a perverse eavesdropping moment. Okay, that being said, while Mark is, uh, I, I don't know, doing something very strange in the other room, I'm going to uh, blow through some kid vid because Mark never lets me do kid vid. All right, we have got to- Shh, don't tell him. Uh, Saban's Power Rangers Super Samurai, The Complete Season. This is currently on uh, Nickelodeon. And it's three discs, and it is exactly like every other Power Rangers show ever created, except uh, now they're like samurai Power Rangers. I don't get it, never have gotten it, but uh, it obviously has some kind of an appeal. Kids love it, so uh, whatever it is. The complete animated series of The Charlie Brown and Snoopy Show, which uh, some of you may remember, this is uh, not the high point for, um, for the Peanuts' legacy but it's not bad it's 18 episodes and uh there there's some there's some clever stuff in here i'd say about a third of the episodes are memorable the others are you know so-so somewhat forgettable this ran in the early to mid 1980s about 2 years between 83 and 85 and uh you know the uh, if you love peanuts you're going to you're going to find a few things to hang hang your hat on it's not as good as the specials the specials obviously uh, you know the really a-list specials are great but it's uh, you know the the animation is the same the voices are classic and uh, there's a certain nostalgia to it so it's uh, it's it's recommendable i can't say it's uh, it's brilliant uh barney let's go to the doctor i'm sorry I, there's just something perverse about let's go to the doctor barney the dinosaur i know that's kind of sullying something that should be sweet and innocent but uh you know what all, all these barney things are pretty much the same that one is uh, that's fodder for some really great drinking games during some very deranged new year's parties uh, My Little Pony, if you have a little girl and you really, really, really want to uh, satisfy her pony and um, uh, all fuzzy animal fixation, especially if it involves unicorns, uh, this is My Little Pony. Friendship is Magic Adventures in the Crystal Empire, and it's, uh, it's sweet and colorful and um, unbelievably girly in every conceivable way. Also of somewhat note is the definitive collector's edition of The Point. Now, The Point is a bit of a big deal. Um, If you're not familiar with The Point, this is narrated by Ringo Starr featuring Harry Nilsson's songs that were written and sung by Harry Nilsson and uh animated by the great Fred Wolf this is uh, kind of a, a rare thing from uh, the early 1970s 19, made in 1970 71 and uh it's just it's 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 kind of i don't want to say it it's certainly not in the same realm as something like um Yellow Submarine, but it certainly belongs to the same animation mentality uh, from that era. Everything from that era kind of wanted to push the envelope a little, try to do things different with animation. You even saw that a little bit with some of the... uh Some of the stuff, like, for example, uh, Grinch Stole Christmas, uh, you know, some of the uh, the animated specials at that time were all trying to push the envelope a little bit in directions that animation had never done until that time. So uh, definitely try to take a look at this. This is, uh, you know, it's a little bit of an interesting fantasy that maybe verges on a bit of the Smurf uh, world. But it's, it's worth checking out. It's, uh, it, the songs are terrific. Harry Nilsson's songs are great. Ringo Starr's voice is, is memorable. And it's a great little uh, 70s artifact, the Point, definitive collector's edition. Um, from the, uh, the Thomas and Friends series, Sticky Situations, more of the same. Don't much care for the Thomas and Friends stuff, the, the trains with the faces and the CGI animations. A little bit creepy, but, you know, it, uh, it's just like all the rest of them, nothing much special there. I have a real bone to pick with Disney for what they've done with the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I think this is just horrible, horrible animation. It's it's take, putting CGI onto something that was never meant to function under CGI. Uh, watching Mickey and all the other Disney characters uh, in this farm environment. Uh, this is Mickey and Donald have a farm. Uh, is just the, the CGI is, is horrendous and it's, it's just really not good it just does not do any of these characters any favors so I think that's always a misfire for Disney there uh, Sesame Street Preschool is cool making friends this is uh, a little bit unfortunate because you got Elmo front and center here and as I think a lot of people know the uh, voice of Elmo has since stepped aside because of uh, certain legal allegations and issues and uh, until all that kind of sorts out i 'm afraid that the Elmo character, at least in the eyes of some adults, may be uh, at least temporarily if not uh, forever damaged. Complete third season of the HBO original series The Life and Times of Tim. This is animated. not sure that this is really for kids, but we 're going to include it in Kidvid as well. Um, this is uh, one of the one of the more interesting animated series since The Simpsons. There have been a lot since The Simpsons went on the air two decades ago that have sort of tried to tap into the same vein. And uh, most of them have been failures, a few of them like... Family Guy and King of the Hill have uh, have been successful on their own merits. But anyway, Life and Times of Tim, it feels a little bit more like Wait Till Your Father Gets Home. It's a bit of a throwback thing. Animation is good. The writing is uh, is pretty sharp. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. But uh, it's certainly if you catch it when it's on, I think as a rental, this is probably worth checking out. Animation fans, people looking for something a little bit different uh, might want to look at it. It's I guess you could call it Seinfeld meets Wait Till Your Father Gets Home on an uh, animation. And then we've also got The Astonishing X-Men on Blu-ray. Uh, X-Men work pretty well in animation, and this is uh, four more installments of this particular series. It looked really, really good on Blu-ray. i got to tell you, Unstoppable, Torn, Gifted, and Dangerous. Uh, gifted is, uh, is, is probably the best of them. Torn is uh, is not bad at all. I think if they want to continue the X-Men franchise, which they certainly are doing, they might want to look at what some of the writers are doing on this series because I think it's, uh, it's pretty sharp, really good, much closer to the comics, obviously, and a lot of characters that are not featured in the, uh, in the movies at least haven't been featured so far, so that's always interesting. And then lastly, uh, but certainly not least, new series on the Cartoon Network is um, uh, Dragons, Riders of Berk. This is a bit of a takeoff from the... Well, it's absolutely a takeoff from How to Train Your Dragon and... uh You know what? I almost enjoy this series more, to be honest. I was not one of the big fans of How to Train Your Dragon. I think perhaps because I just felt it was like overkill and a bit of a predictable story. But uh, somehow this actually is uh, the four episodes that they include here feel a little more tame. Uh, Feels a little more like... uh, I guess I settled into the character. I settled into the environment a little bit more. So um, that's definitely worth checking out. And then we got a whole bunch of anime that I'm going to go through really quickly. Um, Kaijudo, Rise of the Duel Masters, Creatures Unleashed. I don't understand anything in this. It is uh, completely narratively incomprehensible. I guess you have to have been on board from the very, very beginning. There are five episodes here, and uh, it's, uh, it's very colorful and very energetic, and uh, there's a lot of stuff that looks like uh, water and fire and uh, strange creatures. Uh, Tenchimucho, or Tenchimuyo, Tenchi in Tokyo, The Complete Series. Uh, you know what? I've occasionally caught some of the the Tenchi Muyo shows, and uh, still really don't quite get it. But uh, it, it's uh, you know, I'm sure somewhere in the somewhere in the in the anime universe, they actually do make sense of this and can connect all of the many tentacles of this fascinating universe of characters. It's almost like a soap opera, and it's a little bit overwhelming, and it's very hard to sort of pick up on. Uh, Berserk The Golden Age Arc 1 The Egg of the King Uh, you ever notice how this anime stuff always has these these really long fantastic weird and difficult to grasp uh, titles Um, this is sort of a, a Lord of the Rings type mythical epic But it's uh, as incomprehensible as it is in pieces. It is gorgeous to look at. The animation is fantastic. Definitely very adult. This is not for kid kids. This is like for for grown-ups who like animation. And it's on Blu-ray, and it is a gorgeous, gorgeous Blu-ray. So extremely good stuff there from uh, from Viz. They've done a very, very good job. Viz has uh, definitely improved their mastering over the years. And uh, also from Viz is uh, Inuyasha, The Final Act. This is um, uh, Blu-ray set one, I should point out. This is a two-disc set, and, uh, you know, the Inuyasha stuff is much more traditional, old-world samurai uh, mythos, and uh, pretty great, really pretty great. Wonderful animation, uh, very good stories. Uh, This is 13 episodes, along with a lot of great special features, including some original Japanese trailers and production art, and uh, it's terrific, just really, really terrific. The Blu-ray is just as perfect as you can get for anime on Blu-ray and then from uh the good people at Funimation we have a number of uh, great shows this is a Tenchi Muyo movie collection and uh as again the entire Tenchi Muyo universe is rather uh, confusing so if you're not already on board with it you're, you're just gonna it's gonna make no sense to you it's just way too elaborate it, re- it really requires some narrative investment but uh that's you know a, a really nice set and then they also have tenchi muyo the ova collection first time ever on blu-ray uh this includes a, a booklet and uh it's just you know more of the same but it's it's a pretty pretty impressive set and then uh, we also have A Certain Magical Index, Part 1. This is the first 12 episodes, also from Funimation. A uh, Certain Magical Index is where Harry Potter meets X-Men. Uh, 12 episodes on two discs. Uh, you know, it's it's adventuresome. It's very nicely animated, uh, certainly on the upper lawn of... Uh, of some anime stuff and then you also have part two of a certain magical index episodes 13 to 24 to go along with that Uh, not as loaded full of uh, extras but certainly still equally gorgeously animated so you can you can do the whole the whole thing there and then lastly as we await Mark's return we have another one from Viz this is one of the uh, most extensive anime adventures and epics ever created Uh, Naruto Shippuden the movie The Will of Fire there is no way that we could possibly go into all the elaborate details of the Naruto Shippuden world, suffice to say that we want to prevent another great ninja war here. So, uh lots of great soap opera and action and animation there. If you're a Naruto Shippuden fan, it does not disappoint. If you're not a Naruto Shippuden fan, well, then there's no point in starting because like the the Tenchi Muyo stuff, it's a universe so sprawling and so elaborate that it would it would take you at least a year just to bring yourself up to speed. And you know what? Let's uh let's do one more here as well. This is uh for also from Funimation, this is a very, very impressive set. This is uh, Lane, the Serial Experiments, the complete collection. Uh, if the term close the world, open the next, means anything to you, then you know that this is uh, an extremely innovative series that was, it sort of puts Tron to shame. This is everything that Tron sort of aspired to do, but didn't really have the guts to do it's um it's really uh, all about our whether the degree to which we interface with digital material and the digital world and uh, where the one begins and the other leaves off and where humanity leaves off and begins it is uh and all all is seen and experienced through the uh 14 year old lane uh, L-A-I-N. It is, uh, it is a really interesting show. I don't know that the animation really floors me all that much, but it certainly is extremely well-written, and conceptually very, very compelling. Comes in a, uh, and this is Yoshiti- Yoshitoshi AB, who is one of the uh, really A-list artists uh, in, the, in the history of uh, Japanese animation. This comes in a, uh, a Blu-ray set complete with this awesome, awesome uh, Inside Serial Experiments Lane art book. So it's a nice, great, big, heavy, boxed set from uh, Genion and Funimation. And, you know, Genion used to release all their own stuff. They release through Funimation now. So, And somehow Universal has a role in this as well, I guess, because Universal acquired Genion at some point. Anyway, very, very impressive set. Uh, for people who, who are familiar with this, it's, this is quite a treat. And I'm surprised this didn't come out sooner to kind of become a major Christmas push. But there it is. And Mark is back with us. How, how's that working out? That's, it, it,
1: no, I don't know. You know, we're, good, I, we're We're going to get together uh, Thursday.
0: Okay. They're very good. All right. We're going to get some new movies, but first we should uh, do some of our last listener mail of the year. What do you say, Mark?
1: Uh, I don't know. I can't read. Okay. Okay. I'm illiterate. <laughs> um, long- I, I'm, I'm admitting it now on this show.
0: Longtime listener Eric Altieri writes and says, uh, thanks for bringing up the issues with Muppet Christmas Carol on the holiday special. Glad I could share a bit of trivia that you weren't aware of. Uh, I'd like to tell you I just found a Laserdisc copy of the movie on eBay, the only complete version of the film released to date. That includes, of course, the, uh, the uh, musical number that Eric had alerted us to. On a related note, one of my bigger aspects uh, of movie collecting uh, is hunting down rare, hard-to-find, and out-of-print movies and DVDs, much like folks do with comic books wondering if you knew of any gems that are highly sought after by collectors Uh, also want to say the interview with Robert Harris was great and love hearing more programming like that in the future huge fan and, uh, I'm a huge pres- film preservation geek and uh, that the entirety of that interview was pure bliss um, Mark any any cult movies that you can think of that are worth uh, trying to scope out on, on DVD anything that's out of print or whatever
1: out of print
0: yeah out of print classics
1: so what you're saying is that uh, Evil Dead is not out of print
0: yeah definitely not it's it's it, the, the the thing is it's awfully hard with a lot of that stuff now because um, the stuff that goes out of print actually comes back into print so quickly now. Uh, it, it, it's um, there are some good sites around. We'll uh, we'll look some up and we'll uh, maybe make a segment on the show in the future if we can uh, if we can locate. Well, somewhere. how about well, Rocky Horror?
1: That's that's Rocky, available. Rocky Horror. Yeah, okay. that's yeah. on. Is is that on DVD? Yeah, it's okay. on Blu-ray too. It's on Blu-ray. Oh, that's right. You know, what, actually, I think I have it. Yeah. How about? Um, <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, I've got that.
1: Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of cult movies that may not... Well, Eraserhead is available. That's available. Yeah. Freaks I, is I'm available. Freaks, right? Uh,
0: like hard to find out-of-print stuff. I can't think of much, actually. Yeah, really? I have to look for some. Well, anyway... And then Teddy Duncan writes us, and uh, or, or Thomas, not quite sure if this is Teddy or Thomas, but anyway, uh, says, "Hey guys, the Dark Knight Rises. The Dark Knight Rises is easily the most disappointing movie this year. The twists may be from the comics, but that bane is not the bane I know and love. There are terrible inconsistencies in just little things. I urge you to watch the Dark Knight Rises honest trailer on YouTube. It explains far better than I can in just a few words. I enjoyed the movie, but it is not the movie we deserved. I, I was, I will always be a Christopher." For Nolan fan, however, I simply cannot loud this film as so many others have. Um, have you watched that uh, that trailer on YouTube? I have not. The Dark Knight Rises trailer—it's it. well, pretty great. Really? Yeah. I want to watch it now. Check it out. We'll check it out after the show. Uh, Kyle Stevens, another longtime listener, says I completely disagree with Mark on the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, In opinion, this movie is by far the worst of the three and a step down for the entire cast and crew, with the exception of Michael Caine as Alfred, who utterly steals the show in limited scenes. There are too many characters, too many plot points, and too many comic book clichés, which I wouldn't have a problem with if the other two movies followed in suit. Uh, Now, as a comic fan from childhood, I could see the big Tali Al Ghul reveal coming a mile away, but my wife, who isn't, and I think my 16-month-old, too, also picked up on it. My next critique is a personal gripe, but Bain lamented way too much for my taste. Don't you hate that when Bain laments?
1: You know, uh, but you know what? But you know, honestly, every family gathering, Bain shows up with the same bottle of scotch and the same complaints. Exactly, and uh, it really it, it gets annoying.
0: The movie was about 30 minutes too long and all of it could have been cut. Uh, the Gotham martial law section, which droned on and on and on. Uh, and he did, uh, Also, he says, Joseph Gordon's entire character uh, seemed to me he was shoved in there simply for the payoff uh, at the end, my other complaints are just little tips. And uh, I think that he reflects a lot of what a lot of people felt about the movie. You know, it. Uh,
1: well, obviously, I've been taking a lot of crap.
0: Yeah, it's all right. Because
1: I loved it. I oh, thought it was great. The only thing I didn't like about it was the way they dispatched one of the major villains. Notice how I'm purposely uh, yes. being vague for those who still have not seen it. I hear you. I was like, really? That's how you get rid of him?
0: Nicholas Gordon writes, uh, Dear Wade Lee Major and Mark Kaiser Soze. See, this a little couple, double reference. Mm-hmm, in
1: there. Like that? Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I asked three questions. I think we can all agree Skyfall was an incredible film. However, do you think that Sam Mendes has now done to the next Bond film what The Dark Knight did to The Dark Knight Rises? Did it set the bar to a level that will be hard for the next film to overcome? I say no, because the Bond films are all in a vacuum. Everybody kind of treats them independently. There's a crappy one and a good one, a crappy one and a good one, and we sort of accept that that's going to be the trajectory trajectory
1: that's true because you know what if if the if the series can survive quantum of solace
0: oh my gosh
1: anything can happen
0: if the series could survive uh uh the what was the the christopher walken thing
1: oh that uh, was that a view, view to a kill? kill
0: view to a kill oh my gosh and would,
1: yeah but it had a good duran duran song oh my
0: gosh that was just wow um and then number two he says in today's world of ebay amazon and hundreds of other stores and websites do you think disney's strategy of movies being out for a limited time then going back in in the vault Uh, is outdated and downright foolish. I think no. Actually, I think more studios should do that. I think more films should be taken out of circulation and made more precious because when movies are a rarefied commodity, they mean more to us. When they're too accessible, we take them for granted. So I think it's a good strategy.
1: And also for Disney, it allows them to make a lot of money in a very short amount of time because they create a market for a film because they know that whatever, uh, Snow White's only available for three months and that's it, so buy it now.
0: And his last question is uh, regarding our relationship with IGN. He oh, says, we have a relationship around. Oh, yeah, we bam He says, the other podcasts on IGN seem to have people cross over from podcast to podcast, and the rest of them have a more rowdy and more imma- um, immature crew than your podcast. Do you work at IGN? Are you contracted? Uh, or you sneak into the podcasting room at night when no one is in the office? Um, actually, uh, we own the brand, and uh, we have a relationship. They they host us, and, and we have complete control over the show, and we are grateful to them for that. They give us a lot of creative control, and... Uh, they're a great company to work for. It's uh, it's very nice. We get to kind of, you know, we, we own our, our little uh, corner of the office, our little cubicle where uh, our stapler doesn't bind. What? What? It's a Milton reference. Come on. Office space. See, you're not getting my jokes today. I was
1: late to the office space thing. When I first saw that movie, I didn't like it. Now oh, I like it. gosh.
0: All right. And uh, lastly... Well, let's see. No, we got, we, got, we got two more here. Uh, Kyle Stevens writes and says, uh, I'm a huge Superman fan, and uh, I just saw the new Man of Steel trailer and was blown away. I was really scared that with Wade's favorite director, uh, Zack Snyder, at the wheel, it would be a synthetic kind of film, for lack of a better word. I'm very pleased with the stunning photography. Did you see the trailer? If so, what did you think? Even though he's only a producer, how much of the look, style, and overall production is Nolan? And will this movie be as groundbreaking as The Dark Knight? Let's say The Dark Knight was not a groundbreaking movie, but was for the comic book genres. Thanks, Mark. What do you think of the new uh, Superman trailer?
1: Um, I think that it is. Uh, I am conditionally not impressed, but let's say I'm not depressed. I'm. I am. I am neither here nor there. I yeah. think that. Uh, Henry Cavill, though obviously we have not seen him utter a word Mm -hmm. in terms of looks, he looks great. I agree. Um, I am a little nervous that uh, if Snyder is going to try to do something with any emotional resonance, it'll be way out of his depth. And that worries me. But, uh, you know, again, and we've talked about this before, where if the movie's good, Nolan will get the credit. If the movie's bad, Snyder will get the blame. Yes. You know, but... True. You know, the hope is, is that Nolan can guide this thing, uh, you know, to something that is exciting and emotionally resonant. Because the thing with the Batman movies is that the Batman movies, there was a lot of this deep thematic stuff about, about about fate and whatnot. But the character of Batman, you never really felt bad for him. Yeah. He was sort of a cold character. Yeah. And maybe what they're trying to do is they're trying to give Superman a little bit of warmth from a character standpoint. I, I, and I get, that's okay. Sure. That's okay, but Zack Snyder's not known for his warmth. True, so I don't know that he can do it. But I'm, I'm hoping because I mean, who, who doesn't love? A, who wouldn't lo- who want to? Who Who wouldn't want to love a great Superman film?
0: And then lastly, before we get into some new movies, um, we got an email from Brian Hunt, who says, uh, First, I have two questions. First, I've been a big fan of martial arts films since I was little, especially Bruce Lee films. Recently purchased Enter the Dragon on Blu-ray and loved what I saw of the transfer. I've looked everywhere online. Can't seem to find any American-produced versions of the other Bruce Lee films being released on Blu-ray anytime soon. Why is this? I'm salivating at the thought of watching The Chinese Connection or The Big Boss on Blu-ray. Any info on in this would be greatly appreciated. Uh, first off, the issue there is that Enter the Dragon was an American film and uh, produced actually by our friend Zach's dad. And uh, it was distributed by Warner Brothers. They own all the rights to it. The others are – unless you're talking about Game of Death, the others are all Chinese productions. Game of Death, I think you can, you can get. I think that is – that may – I'd have to double check. I seem to recall that's on Blu-ray as well. Um so, you're talking about a rights issue, and I don't think those are going to get necessarily a good Blu ray release anytime soon, unless it's from somebody like Wellgo uh, who might uh, acquire the rights. But otherwise, I'd say just go on to like Asian DVD Guide and HKFlix, FLIX.com, and see if you can track down the, uh, the Hong Kong imports. Should be easy to find. And then his second question uh, as cable networks continue to expand and grow, I've often wondered why there hasn't been a push to create a martial arts network. Could be a full 24-hour cable and uh, cable network showing documentaries, obscure and popular martial arts films, reality shows, and scripted series. Seems like a cash cow waiting to happen. Why do you think executives haven't jumped at the opportunity to provide a channel like this? Am I the only one who'd be interested in watching? Uh, you know what? I think it's a great idea, and I just think the the only reason that people haven't jumped on it is because there's a lot of there are a lot of ideas chasing a, a limited c- pool of money. And uh, it's just a question of do you do that as a network, or do you do you know the food network and the the home improvement network and all these other ideas that seem to have sort of a broader base. So yeah, there would be uh, there would absolutely be an audience for it. But is there sufficient interest in this as a business endeavor relative to other business endeavors? I don't know. That's a, it's a good question. But I think it's a great idea. Hopefully, somebody in a position of power might be listening to this and. We'll run with it. I'd love that.
1: Wade, nobody in power listens to this. That's that that that's our charm.
0: It is the Isn't fact it? that we
1: have no yes. power, and uh, we're talking to people who uh, really just look to us for their DVD and uh, Blu-ray recommendations.
0: And Mark, do they look to us for recommendations about Clint Eastwood movies? They do. What do they say about it?
1: Well, which Clint Eastwood movie are you talking about? <laughs> so you know. So get this. So Trouble with the Curve. I have to tell you a story. You know, I I literally just took a call from a d eight girl. That was no joke, by the way. Um, so. I go out with this J date girl. She's French, right? And
0: oh, that was the one I met at the screening of this.
1: Okay, sorry,
0: sorry. So,
1: so here's the thing: it was our second date. I really wasn't that impressed. She was a nice girl. wasn't that impressed. She was French. You know, I do love French girls. Yeah. It wasn't like smoking hot French girl, just like a French girl. Yeah. So she's worldly and whatever. So the second date, I, I think it's the second date. It might have been the third. I, I, I don't know what to do with her. So it was the screening for Trouble with the Curve. Now, she's French. She knows nothing about baseball. But, you know, it's got Clint Eastwood. And it's got Amy Adams and uh, whatever. And she might like that. So I'm trying to get her to go out with me for this third time. And I tell her, I got invited to the premiere of Trouble with the Curve. Now, here's the thing. She's all into that. Oh, my, premiere is fantastic. What I didn't tell her was that I didn't know if it was the premiere. I just got an invite to the movie. Like, Wade and I get invites to 250 movies a year. This was just like... Trouble with the Curve, Wednesday at 8 in Westwood. Okay, well, it sounds like a screening. But I told her it was a premiere because I thought that would impress her and then she would say yes. So what happened was it impressed her and she said yes. So then the afternoon of the screening, she texts me and she says, since it's a premiere, what should I wear? (laughs) And I'm thinking, oh, Christ. I've got her thinking this is like the biggest premiere in the world I, I I don't know what this thing is. It's just another invite in my inbox. So I decide to say, hey, I don't think it's the premiere. I think it's just a screening so you can dress casual. Now, I wasn't sure if that was going to, like, disappoint her because she thought she was going to a big fancy screening with her date. Oh, I right? love this. I love so, this
0: story. I know where it's going, and I love it.
1: Because you were there. Yeah. So, so then uh, – I text her You know again I, 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 I think this is just A regular screening It's not the premiere So go ahead And dress casual Not knowing if that I was Going to disappoint her But I'd rather Disappoint her Than have her dress up To the nines And it's just like Another stupid screening So I get to Westwood Before she does And I get there And not only Is it a premiere <laughs> It is the biggest premiere We've gone to In like five years I mean I don't know why They decided to blow The doors off that screen that movie
0: it was hysterical it
1: was a huge
0: premiere it was huge
1: so she shows up dressed you know, normal I mean she was dressed completely appropriate because I mean, again we're the, we're, we're the press it's not like we're with Clint Eastwood so it doesn't <laughs> oh, really matter that's great so she was like "Would you said this was just a screening or whatever French accent and I said sorry you know it's just, I just hey I was, I was, I was a surprise. I was trying to surprise you yeah that was it was trying to surprise you look at me full of surprises so we <gasps> oh, goes, this is like a
0: Seinfeld and, episode and, and the
1: thing is, is and, and get this you know, I, I wish I liked this girl, but I just didn't. So she shows up, and she's dressed, again, totally appropriately, mellow for the occasion, totally fine, remember the press, not a big deal. But like the moment she shows up, she shows up to the red carpet, I see her, I wave hello, and immediately, within 20 feet of her, she sees Clint Eastwood Amy Adams. Whips out her cell phone, starts taking pictures, marks the king, took her to the premiere, she's 20 feet from Amy Adams, and taking pictures of Clint Eastwood... And uh, that was the last time I saw her. And you so met her. And you met
0: her. I did meet her. And we spoke a little bit of French. So did you like the movie? I know the answer to this. Oh, there was a movie?
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay, here's the thing. This movie got beaten up pretty pretty good by the critics, but I have to say, I kind of liked it, and I liked it because I, I t- found it to be very old fashioned, yeah. and it knows it's old fashioned, and it's totally cool.
0: And I love the father daughter relationship in it with Amy Adams. I think that's fun. I think it's really fun. I I, I look. Is it a perfect film? No. Nah, but it's just it's. Got is it an, predictable? Yes. Totally predictable. But you know what? Clint is really nice and old and grumbly, and Amy Adams is sharp, and even Justin Timberlake is terrific. I mean, he's really charming, and uh, it's just it's a it's a nice old fashioned fashion character piece and it's perfectly amiable a little too long but i don't care
1: yep i agree john goodman who's having a very good year yeah he's in this too yeah uh you know what i just think this is uh i think this is a, a, a as they would say this is a fastball down the middle
0: Ooh, yeah. like that. I like that. Troubled
1: Curve. I recommend it. I really uh,
0: do. Uh, Total Recall had a remake this last year that was completely useless and superfluous. It's awesome. This is out of two disc Blu ray DVD ultraviolet extended director's cut. Oh, my gosh. All those reasons to not actually be interested in this. Uh, Len Wiseman uh, directed this, and of course, if Len Wiseman directed it, that means that he obligatorily has to actually put his wife, uh, Kate Beckinsale, She's in the movie. So hot. And we love Kate Beckinsale, but she is no substitute, i got to tell you, for uh, Sharon Stone. She simply is is not. Sharon Stone, in the original, so much better. Colin Farrell, much better actor than uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but this is not a movie that requires an actor. It's a movie that requires a star. And the original um, Verhoeven-directed film is just... It's just a big, cheesy, overblown thing. It doesn't take itself seriously. And what they did wrong here is that they removed the Mars angle. And now they're not going to Mars. They're just going to the other side of the Earth. It's like a post-apocalyptic scenario. And there's like a giant elevator that takes you through the core of the Earth. And, ha- and this one place is like the ghetto, and the other places where all the successful people live, and it, it's like really an elevator through the core of the earth, and then there's like this zero gravity moment. It, uh, and and also, it
1: ruins my favorite line of the original when Sharon Stone says, "You know how much I hate this effing planet."
0: Yeah, awesome. I know. It's just it doesn't work. But anyway, they didn't. That did not stop them from bloating this out with special features. There's like more. The special features are just. There's more of the special features in the movie and uh yeah you've got the original film and the director's cut doesn't matter 20 additional minutes of just more cgi and and stuff that just doesn't contribute at all uh good actors but man really really misbegotten just not a good script too much production value too much money thrown at uh something that's ultimately far too little so i can't get behind that um and then we also have a movie. It's basketball season. You know, I'm a big basketball fan. I'm, I'm deeply distressed and disappointed in how the Lakers are doing. I am also a Kevin Durant fan. Uh, you know, look, they're a competing team, but the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder, they're, they're good. Kevin Durant, he's a superstar. He's a future Hall of Famer. You better believe it. They're going to win a championship one of these years. And uh, Warner Premier has decided to jump on the Kevin Durant bandwagon and uh, release this movie called Thunderstruck, which is just absolutely terrible. Uh, I don't know why they always do this. I don't know why they think that every basketball star can momentarily be an actor. Uh, it, they, they just aren't. And we saw Shaquille O'Neal do this twice with the... Uh, uh what was she, not, uh, she, she, shazam not shazam what is it called it's uh, kazam kazam how was it kazam and uh then the uh the other film that i always forget the title of they're just dreadful anyway james belushi of course uh attacks himself onto this because it's uh what he does and uh i don't know you know if yes kevin durant he plays himself big friggin deal it's uh but it's it, you know it's a body switching movie for crying out loud. It's like he you know he he loses his talents and this 16 year old kid gets them and it's really a stretch. It's uh, on a DVD, Blu Ray, Ultraviolet combo pack. Probably better as a rental for people who are strictly strictly fans of Kevin Durant. And then uh, before I unleash Mark on uh, this horrible film that he's got in front of him, I want to make quick mention of the Blu-ray DVD combo pack of The Day, which has a great cast, uh, but I don't know how interesting the movie is. Uh, Dominic Monaghan, I just really think is a cool actor, and I always uh, look for every chance to you know, see him act. He's just really, really cool. Um, but otherwise, this is just yet another sleek, slick, Uh, High production value, somewhat low budget, um, post-apocalyptic survival movie. And they're all kind of the same. And we've even got series now on television that uh, deal with this uh, this same kind of premise. And uh, I don't know. uh, The Road, I thought, was a better attempt at basically telling this type of a story, even though it was very bleak and not very action-packed. But uh, Monaghan's good, and sporting cast, uh, including a lot of people that I've seen in other things but don't know too well as actors. Uh, Shannon Sasaman, Corey Hardick, Ashley Bell, Sean Ashmore. Um, it's, it's all right. It sounds like
1: a, like a, it sounds like a parody of like, oh my God, it stars these. Like, it's like an SNL yeah. skit. Yeah. Starring Corey Hardick, <laughs> Shannon Sassaman. And Ashley Bell. It sounds like a skit or something. Like, you know, like you're, 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 you're trying to create uh, yeah. all-star characters. Yeah. Oh, wait. Here's All the right. thing. You know, we were just talking about how uh, Len Wiseman always casts his uh, wife, uh, Kate Beckinsale, in movies. Yeah. yeah. I can do you one better. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh, jeez. Always casts Mila Jovovich yeah. in his, his movies because they're married. Yeah. And uh, the Resident Evil films, which uh, the first Resident Evil, I think, was in uh, 1963, because about every 18 months has another one of these pieces of crap, and it's always the same thing and they're interchangeable. And not that they don't have a lot of style and there's a lot, a lot of monsters and people blowing up, but it's just the same thing. I know. Stop it already. Uh, the, the Umbrella Corporation there's always a virus and there's monsters and then she shoots people she wears leather I'm, look I'm all familiar Jovovich wearing leather it's, I, I get it but I just don't know the difference between one and the other they, all, they're every, just so awful
0: every one of these films is exactly the same
1: and uh, I, I don't know why you would want this over the other ones but talk, again, talk to uh, Luke
0: Thompson Luke, Luke will L-Y-T will tell you all about it <laughs> He,
1: he loves these movies, right? He does. He really does. And you know what? Look, him. and you know what? Uh, Mila puts her game face on, and she looks intense, and she shoots a lot of bad guys. And uh, you know the the movie, which comes in a, in a Blu-ray 3D, which I know you're all enjoying your Blu-ray 3Ds, because I mean, who isn't? Yeah. Everybody has Blu-ray 3D now. It's the hottest thing. Oh no, it's not. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it looks terrific, but still, <laughs> uh, again, I, I just you know, the the only thing I'll say is that the. Um, the later the films get and the bigger the budgets get, the better they tend to look on Blu-ray because mm-hmm. you're putting more money into it. And I get that. That's fine. But I just feel like it's just every couple of years, I sit through more of this stuff. Just stop it already. Make it yeah. stop. The thing is that she's a big name overseas. Mm-hmm. And killing monsters is big internationally because there's not a lot of dialogue involved. Mm-hmm. You just have to shoot monsters and that plays well internationally. So I get why they keep doing these and they keep the budgets down. But that doesn't mean we have to spend money renting them. <laughs>
0: Okay, Mark? Yes. I'm gonna I'm gonna make quick mention of this next film because O Zombie is one of my favorite films of the year. Is
1: it, is it, it's like an Irish zombie? <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: this is yeah. a cross between Osama and Zombie. It's O Zombie.
1: Awesome.
0: Uh, this is this is the sequel to Zero Dark Thirty. Did you not know this? <laughs> this is it truly is. It's it's amazing how similar it is in some respects. In both cases, it's a woman. You know, who's the only one that really has a clue, Uh, except in the one, it's the real woman who had to track down Osama bin Laden. In this one, it's a woman, uh, played by Eve Morrow, who's convinced that Osama bin Laden is still alive. And in fact, he is. He's a zombie. (laughs) He comes back as a zombie. So he's Osama bin Laden (laughs) the zombie, otherwise known as Ozombie. Uh, this thing's from uh it, it has been released by e one entertainment uh, produced independently it 's it 's really silly um, there 's no point to it but it 's a high profile high concept uh, you know zombie movie if you if you love zombie movies you've got to add this one it's just it's it is sort of entertaining it 's cheesy but it's uh it 's worth watching just for the camp value of it and that's uh, that 's on blu ray of all things believe it or not can you beat it it 's friggin blu ray
1: Oh, Wade, uh, there's a lot of Oscar talk for some reason, because he pays people to do this for him, but there's a lot of Oscar talk uh, for Richard Gere about a film called Arbitrage. And um, I did like Arbitrage. Arbitrage is an interesting film. Gere is, Gere's kind of, he's not like a great actor, but he's sort of becoming this uh, old school, old style, classic Hollywood actor. And I know he always does solid work, always nice to see him, always good. You know, never like uh, the greatest that ever was. Yeah. But you know what? Richard Gere's cool. And uh, I feel like he kind of hasn't really gotten his due. Um, I don't know if this is the movie that's really going to do it, but uh, he is terrific. And what's good about this film, he plays this, um, he plays like this, he's this super, super rich New York hedge fund guy. And what's great about the film is that he does a lot of bad things. He cheats on his wife and he's involved like in this big fraud and he's, he's, from a business standpoint, he uh, he employs his daughter and he winds up doing some bad things financially with his daughter. Yet you still sort of want to see if he's going to get away with what he has to get away with in this film, per being purposely vague. Right. Um, and that's tough because basically he's he, he's he's like an antihero. He's a guy you should hate because he's horribly rich because he's a head fund manager. Head fund manager. He does. He's uh, mean a, a, to head, his, a
0: head cheese manager. He, he <laughs> I love
1: head cheese. No, I don't. <laughs> Uh, he cheats <sighs> on his wife Mean to his daughter The whole night, the night Yet you still uh, You still uh, Root for him And I kind of like that And it's you know It's very Hitchcockian In that sense um, But guy, I liked it it's The a guy who
0: good... directed this First time director Took him forever To get this movie funded And I'm thrilled I'm thrilled It's a real great success story And there's so few of those These days
1: Well it was Nicholas Jaraki Who uh, this is yeah. his first uh, yep. You know Narrative feature And uh, it's got a good cast. Susan Sarana plays his wife. And Britt Marling, who you know from uh, Another Earth, makes her kind of like, you know, mainstream uh, movie debut as uh, the daughter. And uh, it's good stuff. I really liked Arbitrage. It's an interesting film. And even at the end, you're still not quite sure what you feel about him. Mm -hmm. You're not quite sure if he's going to get away with it totally. But you're totally intrigued. So uh, I would recommend Arbitrage.
0: Got a few, a couple of family things here that I'm going to make a quick mention of before we wrap up our last few titles. Santa Claus Conquers the Martians we made mention of on the holiday show, the gift guide Christmas show and um, there was a a, they had a few glitches in the disc that they had sent us, the Blu-ray, and they sent us uh, a replacement and I am here to say it's fantastic. What an awesome transfer. It's just gorgeous. Uh, There's a, uh, there's an archival footage reel that's on here, 45 minutes worth of material. The movie has never looked this good. Even when I saw this for the first time when i was a kid it didn't look this good so i'm kind of stunned at how how good the, the movie this cheap and and that has been declared one of the worst films ever made i'm kind of amazed at how good it actually looks uh, on blu-ray definitely get uh, get that throw away all those public domain things you've had all these years and uh, this is just a this is just too special for words the uh, samuel goldwyn library is now being released uh, in bits and pieces by warner brothers and uh, they've released a Blu-ray book of the original Sam Goldman production of Hans Christian Anderson starring Danny Kay, which is a film I remember so fondly as a kid. This is just a delightful classic. Um, not exactly an accurate biopic by any means, uh, but it, it it pays homage to the spirit of uh, Hans Christian Anderson. It's one of the most charming roles that Danny Kaye has ever had, and it is a beautiful, beautiful movie. It is gorgeous looking. It's in a Blu-ray book uh, format as Warner Brothers has kind of perfected this, and it's just so, it's a delight. It's a sheer delight. I can't recommend it highly enough. Your kids will love it. You'll love it, and uh, it's a classic that just has to be on everybody's shelf. Absolutely does. Don't miss it. Blu-ray, of Hans Christian Andersen from the Samuel Goldwyn Library.
1: You know, wait, uh, Red Hook Summer didn't really go anywhere, which I find to be very strange. Red it's Hook's not that well made. I like this film a lot. Uh, did you really? I did. That's uh, interesting.
0: You, Ray did as well. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, look, I think the guy that plays the, the, the central figure, the preacher, is really good.
1: Oh, Clark uh, Peters? Yeah, I yes. think
0: he's really, really good. My, my issue with it is that this is a movie that basically Spike Lee financed on his credit card out of his own pocket, and he had all of his NYU students be his crew. Yes. One of, one of whom was actually the editor on the film. Yeah. So he he used it as sort of a, a teaching moment for his class at NYU, and the result is that it's it's not exactly as polished as I think it should be. But I like the fact that it exists in the same world as let as, as do the right thing. Yes, I like that.
1: You know what? This is sort of a, sort of a continuation of something that Spike's been working on for most of his career. These this sort of like Chronicle of Brooklyn thing. Yeah, he did it with She's Got to Have It, and of course his masterpiece Do the Right Thing, and Clockers, and He Got Game, and now you have Red Hook Summer, which is a kind of a quasi sort of sequel to She's Got to Have It. In fact. Mookie even shows up Which is great And it's about this kid From Atlanta Who comes to Spend the summer In Red Hook And it's got a lot Of uh, religious overtones In it And it's got a lot Of sharp writing in it And you will talk About this thing When it's done Because it is so Interesting And Clark Peters Is great And I like the fact That Spike Lee Is going back to That gritty Grungy Thing where all He cares about Is script and character That's it and because you know, you know, when, when, when he did Inside Man, remember, he, he followed up Inside Man with that horrible uh, St. Anna thing. Oh my gosh. Remember how bad that Miracle was? Miracle at St. Anna's. Miracle yeah. at St. Anna. Oh. Just stop that. He needed, he needed to strip it down and do something like this. Yeah. You know, because that's the stuff that maybe gets him re energized.
0: Well, let's see what he does with Old Boy, right?
1: I, I'm i hoping that he knocks that thing out of the park. I am too. That's but great. It's, it's
0: awfully hard to kind of surpass the original, you know, Chen Park Hook. Okay. That's
1: true. But you know what? I, I think that uh, you know, Spike Lee is not necessarily like, a, like a, a viscerally brutal director. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's not really into like super violence or yeah. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm hoping he learns how for old boy.
0: So a a couple of films here that uh, should have gotten the attention of critics at the end of the year, at least for some of their contributions, but did not, unfortunately. Uh, The first one is 360. Did you like
1: this movie? I
0: did, actually. Yeah, I did. This is directed by Fernando Morelos, the Brazilian director who previously did City of God.
1: Which is amazing. Which
0: is astonishing. And, of course, the gardener, the the
1: constant Constant uh, gardener.
0: And then uh, written by Peter Morgan, who is just, you know, brilliant. for you know, thing and with
1: Peter Morgan is that sometimes he does lame stuff. See, this He's is, I, I, here's the thing.
0: 360 is basically a, a modern version of La Ronde, which has been done numerous times. And so it's kind of a, a an omnibus film of all of these interconnected lives, which we've seen a lot of in recent years. There are all these kind of portmanteau films like uh, Magnolia and uh, The Five Senses and on and on and on. You know, we know that, that style, that red violin is a little bit like one of those as well um and i i just really enjoy the way all these lives interconnected i thought uh anthony hopkins in this thing is astonishing i mean he has some there's some amazing acting he here. is good he is good it's uh you know yes it is it is a little it forces its hand in a couple of places in ways that doesn't feel realistic but i think it's incredibly well directed and i think it's very sharply written and uh i think uh the performances are just first rate jude law is terrific um uh, Rachel Vice is terrific in this thing. Trying to think, who else is uh, really, really turns it on here? Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's just really, it's got some, some great some great pieces to it. They don't all come together, but there's some great pieces. And then the other film is uh, Sleepwalk With Me, which is Mike Birbiglia's uh, Sundance hit. It was also at South by Southwest. I love Mike Birbiglia as an actor, uh, or, or as, a, as a comic. I'm not so sure how I feel about him as an actor. I think he's a very, very funny stand-up with amazing timing. Um, but this thing is a little bit odd. It's like he's trying to project a more serious version of his comic persona into an independent film that's sort of semi-autobiographical and uh it's uh, it's based on an off-Broadway show that he did as well as a book that he wrote so it it definitely has some uh, has a pedigree but i i just don't it's it's a little bit it's a little bit odd and doesn't quite never really catches fire as a movie it always feels still a little bit like a one-man show uh, so anyway, if you if you like Berbiglia, I mean, he directed it and co-wrote it. The whole thing it's it's pretty much a one-man movie. But um, I I just don't know that it uh, it it translates from its previous source material into a movie. But you know, it's on Blu-ray and uh, doesn't need to be on Blu-ray. You'll just get the same effect if you ever watch it on uh, on DVD. So maybe as a rental, if you're a fan of his, just to see what it looks like.
1: I like Berbiglia because he has a funny name. Yeah. Uh, Peter Hedges is a, a director who kind of exists in the strange little world of like quirky character mid-budget things. Now, he's done a lot of good work. He wrote What's Eating Gilbert Grape. He wrote About a Boy, which is terrific.
0: Oh, I love that movie.
1: And uh he also direct and then then he started directing. He directed Pieces of April, which is very good, Dan in Real Life, which I kind of liked, although it did get beaten up a little bit. He does take a step back with The Odd Life of Timothy Green. And the problem is that I think Hedges is trying too hard to make this some sort of like, you know, classic Disney, you know, child perennial favorite of all time. And uh, I just think he's trying too hard to make this thing enchanting. It's about this uh, married couple. They're played by uh, Joel Edgerton and uh, Jennifer Garner. Who's
0: much better, by the way, Joel Edgerton in uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Freaking awesome. He's great in that.
1: And so they, you know, this couple they dream about what it would be like to have a child and what the child would be like. And then one day, little Timothy shows up on their doorstep, because uh, they wished it to be so. And so it's all about that. I won't tell you what happens. But um, the issue with the movie is that I just found it to be very sentimental and very cloying, and I did not really respond. I don't really respond to that stuff. That's like that's just really sentimental. You know, again, not that it doesn't mean well, not that it's not sweet, but I just feel like Hedges was trying too hard to make this thing like the ultimate, uh, you know, you know, kids empowerment perennial. Um, but it's got a nice message. Kids won't really respond to the criticism that we're making, but uh, it's for the adults, it's very schmaltzy. It's got a lot of cliches, you know, but it really wasn't my cup of tea. What is also not my cup of tea is, is the uh, latest sequel to Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I now, just
0: don't get this series at all. Well, because
1: we're not kids. And we're not wimpy. Well, I'm wimpy. Yeah. Although I'm like wimpy because I like hamburgers.
0: I was just going to make a wimpy hamburger joke. You beat me to it.
1: Because you're lame. Damn. All right, this is uh, uh, Dog Days on Blu-ray and uh, digital copy and DVD. This is about the kid, and he goes into a thing, and he's wimpy, and he's over his head, and uh, yeah, something I know. happens.
0: I hear you. No, I, I get it. It's, it, it, it. It really just Love loses that. me. It's a, it's, a very particular, it's a very particular following these movies have. Well, anyway. It has, a, it has an animated uh, comic, Class Clown, on it. That's interesting. Well,
1: these movies are cheap to make. I mean, come on, they're, you know. they're, they're cheap to make. They, the kids are going to scream and yell and stomp their feet till their parents take them to the tune
0: of Just Enough you know, to Make Another One. Well, maybe I'll show this to some kids over Christmas and see what they think. Maybe they can uh, change my mind on it. All right, with that, show is over. And Mark, uh, we will be back in the new year with uh, more fabulous stuff. And uh, and we're, we're going to try to put together some kind of a concerted best of 2012 list. It, it's, a, it's a gigantic task, but maybe we'll give it some thought over the holiday and see if we can come up with something that uh, sort of gives people a guide to maybe the very best DVDs and Blu-rays of uh, 2012.
1: So what you're saying is that we will not be back until 2013. That's right. So what you're saying is we need to uh, tell everybody, keep... Showing up to the Facebook page. are yes. not like disappearing from the earth. Nope. We're just taking two weeks off.
0: Take some time during the holidays and make some Vox Boxes, those of you who can record great questions. Come on. We've, yeah, we've had a Vox Box. We haven't had one for a couple of weeks. Not for a couple of weeks. We've got one banked for the new year. And uh... Yeah, but that
1: was Wade disguising his voice as somebody else. Exactly.
0: My name is Shucky
1: from Shelbyville. <laughs> I would like to know what your favorite movie is of the
0: world. Well, we've we've got the one banked for the new year, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna hold on to that and look forward to getting some more from you. So send us in your Vox boxes as well as your listener mail to gods at digigods And uh, honestly, have a merry Christmas, a great remainder of Hanukkah. What's it, one night left? Yeah, Something like that. I'm the
1: worst guy to ask that to. And I don't a
0: fantastic know. New Year, everybody. We know everybody celebrates New Year, so Happy New Year. We'll see you in two thousand thirteen.